The ARA acknowledges the traditional owners of the land where we have recorded this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to the Elders past, present, and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as Australia's first traders, who utilise a sophisticated network of trading paths that have facilitated the exchange of goods, knowledge and culture for millennia. Hi, I'm Paul Zara, CEO of the Australian Retailers Association, and welcome to Retail Therapy, a podcast proudly brought to you by American Express. The ARA is Australia's largest and oldest retail association, representing around 7,500 independent national and international members. Each episode, I'll be chatting with a leader in Australia's retail industry right here in the Amex Lounge, including the CEOs of some of the biggest retailers in Australia and across the globe. We'll be finding out what makes them tick, what defines their leadership style, and how they got to the top of their game. So join me for some retail therapy as we ask these questions and more and navigate our way through the retail industry, Australia's largest private sector employer. For more information about the work we do at the Australian Retailers Association, head to our website, retail.org.au. Joining me for some retail therapy in the Amex Lounge today is Ella Banovich, Managing Director at Taking Shape, a leader in plus-size women's fashions. First established in 1985, Taking Shape has grown over the past 30-odd years, and you can find their range in over 160 locations across Australia and New Zealand. Taking Shape prides itself on being a one-stop shop for women who want to celebrate their curves. I'm delighted to have Ella with me today to talk about her journey with Taking Shape and women's fashion. Ella, welcome. Thank you, Paul. Lovely to be here. Now, we just spent five minutes trying to get my mouth around your surname, <laughs> uh, and I hope I did a good job there, Ella. Did a great job. Okay, good. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, um, and I'm delighted to have you with me today. So, first of all, uh, tell us the story of Taking Shape, where it all began, and how the business has grown, gosh, for 30 years. So, it would be quite interested to hear your story there. Well, um, Taking Shape has been around for about 36 years. And uh, it started off as an independent brand and um, was owned by a small family concern. Um, you know, as things go along, it got bought out a few times around and it's been currently owned um, outright for the last 20 years by the Maydan family group. Right. And um, and I've actually been with the uh, brand since 2004 as the managing director. And um, a little secret, I was desperate to join this brand and um, I started as an assistant buyer at Maya. I can't wow. tell you how many years ago, but uh-huh. a long time ago. And I bought Taking Shape as part of the plus-sized range for my, which was called BIB. That's so amazing. I, I remember that brand. So now, you know what, we're probably from the same vintage. So I remember the brand very, very well. Um, so you've been there for 20 years at Taking Shape. That's amazing, almost. Almost um, as the managing director. Yeah. But I've been in and around the brand probably um, since its first inception, some 35 years ago. So I had a deep affection for the brand. I had an absolute love uh, for Plus and Curve. I was a, a big girl myself and um, and I absolutely um, was loved, loved that brand. I moved up and through the Maya ranks but was always desperate to get back. And um, when you work uh, for a department yes. store, you don't get to do things from end to end. And then um, I got the opportunity to join Taking Shape as the managing director and we were a small brand of 13 stores to, you know, about 160 points of sale. So for me, it was a dream come true. That's amazing. An area I love with a business that I absolutely love. Well, that's wonderful. And you've so you've seen through all of that growth 
Ella, through that whole time. What's been the biggest driver of that growth um, for what's been more than 20 years for you there? Um, The biggest driver is doing something, retail, work, a business, with people that you love. Yes. And that's the team that we've got here and all around Australia and New Zealand. But importantly, for a customer group, that's interesting. They're committed. And what I love the most about our customers is they tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, often, um, you know, people say, oh, we don't get much feedback. We get so much feedback. Um, And and I love that because they want to fix it. They tell us when it's not good. They cheer us on when we do get it right. And they come up with new ideas. You, You really couldn't ask for more than that. Well, absolutely. That's terrific. I mean, that's there's a very vocal customer. And I guess when you think about your time at Taking Shape, what are the values that are important to the company? And how have you managed to build such a deep connection with your curvy women customers? Um, for us, it's all about people and it's about product and, um, and it's about connections, connections with each other, connections with our customers. And we strive for continuous improvement. And I know that everybody says that, but... Um, mm. We have a go here at Taking Shape and sometimes you think, whoa, did you really need to have such a big go at things? But we don't ever leave anything on the table and we are like a family business that's grown considerably and we're about creating experiences. We're about um, learning a market, learning a new trend, learning a new process and um, I'm a deeply curious person and I'm always thinking, but what if, what if you mix that with that, what would you get? And if you put a this with a that and a whatever, and I, and I think um, that that's a gift. Yes. And I think one of the best things about myself and our team in particular is we actively seed, seek feedback yes. from customers, you know, our floor staff, and more importantly, we listen to it. Yes. So I've always made a commitment to, as a minimum, I'll always listen to all the feedback. I can't necessarily act on everything. And sometimes you put a perler in the back of your head, you stop, and then about a year and a half later you go, oh, oh now I know what that means. Yes. So feedback has probably been the backbone of our business with commitment and passion about having a go. And do you think being a fairly small business by, by sales volume-wise, because in fact you're quite a wide um, spread business given the 160 stores, do you think you're more agile than major companies? Uh, yeah, I do believe that we are more agile, but I think that's something that um, you are very agile mm. and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you think, hang on a minute, you know, we're not so quick in making um, decisions. And I think that's the ability to um, have a team that give you feedback. My team constantly giving me feedback. Yes. And and you've got to sometimes have an out of the body and you need a bit of a helicopter perspective. Yes. Look into the group. And then you say to yourself, you know what, we're taking too long to make those decisions. And then I kind of come in, you know, a bit like, you know, Mary Poppins on a broomstick and say, right, (laughs) you know, we need to shake things up. And my team are awesome at saying, okay, she's trying to make a point here and and we kind of get to it. But um, agility has probably been um, the thing I loved the most about being here for the last 17 years. Yeah. And I remember coming um, from, you know, working for big corporate companies you know, businesses, and you talk about things and you think, is this like Groundhog Day? Didn't we not talk about that last week? Yes, Did we not yes. agree it? Whereas here, I remember for about the first two years, I'd walk past something and I'd say, righto, what's going on here? And they say, well, that was that thing we agreed on last week. And I'm, oh, oh, we're actually doing Move it. that and quickly, yeah. It took me a while to understand that and I love that the most. 
Yeah, well, your passion definitely comes through, and clearly you love what you do, Ella, because you wouldn't have not stuck with it for such a long time, So, um, which is amazing. And you've got a team surrounded – you surrounded yourself with a really world-class team that have actually been able to Absolutely. respond to customers really quickly. Now, interesting talking about the plus-size woman. Fashion weeks here and across the world are always dominated by size 6 models on the catwalk and not necessarily a true reflection of the general female population. Have you tried to break the mould and celebrate fashion for women of all shapes and sizes? Uh, we probably broke the mould a long time ago without realising that we did. We're about being inclusive um, around body shape, um, different skin types, yeah. different hair types, different age. So we were very inclusive from a very long time ago without it being necessarily what everybody's um, saying is the right thing to do because we wanted to and it represented our customers so we're about including everyone versus saying in specific we're going to include these groups. And I believe the more that we do it and the less that we talk about it, um, we we do as we do as opposed to, you know, do as we say. Yeah. So I, I have to say we've just done what we've always done for the last, you know, 17 years. Fantastic. And a lot, a lot has been made about the surge in online shopping. New trends are always emerging in the innovation space. How have your digital capabilities changed over the years and how are they continuing to evolve? Well, Paul, as you said before, we're of a very similar vintage. I remember when I first started at Taking Shape, we used to do a catalogue and on the back of the catalogue you filled in your style number <laughs> and sent it in. Those were the days. And those were the days. And we had a very simple, um, you know, off-the-shelf you know, online system. And we've absolutely grown um, from there to, you know, we're very sophisticated now and it's very clever. And I probably um, have found that the most fascinating. And our single aim is to offer a human connection experience digitally online. And that has been um, at the forefront of my mind always. How does our customer want to shop? What does she expect? And I think um, I drive the guys nuts because I'm the average age of the customer. My eyesight's not necessarily fabulous. So why is the font so small? Why do I have to yes. click so many times? I don't understand the lingo, but I understand where we want to go and what does the customer want. And because I'm at the cold face all the time, we just keep trying to replicate a connection, warm person-to-person experience yes. via a digital platform. And yes. that has held us in good stead. And I've got great people who understand what I want in my head and they're able to put it together. That's fantastic. And you're sort of talking about that there. There's a strong appetite now for that personalised shopping and stylist appointments, which allows business to build stronger relationships with their customers. And, you know, that's been, I guess, a big uh, success factor for you at Taking Shape. Oh, um, we call them PSEs, personal styling experiences. And um, Joe Newman, who's my retail ops Mm. um, general manager, We've been working on this concept for about 15 years and um, it actually started off from a personal experience for me. I got very big feet, size 42. <laughs> and um, and I remember going to a particular shoe shop in Melbourne and she would see me at the door and before I could say lickety splits, there were 10 pairs of shoes on the floor, six that she knew I'd really love and four kind of random surprises. Right. And I would never walk out of there with minimum three or four pairs of shoes. Yes. Two or three were expecting. There was always something new which expanded my experience. Yes. And I used to talk about how could we actually get that. And we all love to have that sort of service. 
So we took off from there. Um, we've refined it. Um, you know, we've got different types of personal styling experiences. It's a one-on-one. It could be a group of girlfriends. We do it after hours. We do it during hours. And it's a true um, experience tailored to you. What do you love about your body? What would you like to hide? What would you like to emphasize? And we make it as fun as we possibly can. And it's all around what the customer actually wants. We give them a small gift, um, you know, something to eat, a little bit to drink. And it's turned out to be um, something that our customers come in and they enjoy it as a, an experience yeah. or, a, you know, a shopping expedition out. Yeah, and I guess people want to see a difference when they when they go into the store. They want it to be an experience. as They do want it to be experienced online as well, I guess. But um, doing that sort of face-to-face one-on-one can yep. make sure you, you know, you get you, you obtain customers for life, don't you, if they're, if they're executed well? Well, they arrive as a customer and they leave as a friend. Yes, good and, point. Um, and, and um, you know, we, we do lots of um, different shopping events. Some of them are called Girls' Nights Out. You know, some of them are these, you know, one-on-one where it's a personal styling experience. And I try and attend, you know, as many as I possibly can. And I love that the customers turn up with a vintage um, outfit, knowing yes. that I'll be there, to show me. <laughs> and then they want to build on it. And I, I like, what more That's great. That's great. ask for? And Absolutely. that's about the connection. Well, one thing I'm really pleased about, you're a size 42 shoe, um, Alan. We could, we could swap shoes at some point, maybe after the podcast. Pleasure. Very hard <laughs> to get them, but I wish that shoe shop was still around. Very good. Well, fashion sustainability is another key issue for the industry. Businesses are looking at ways to reduce the impact of unused clothes on the planet. Is that an important value at taking shape? And what role do you see fashion industry playing in this regard? I think it's super important. It matters to um, our customers, it matters to our team, and it obviously therefore matters to me. So we're always thinking about how to create or leave a legacy and, you know, um, minimising your waste and your imprint on the planet is super important. We're not perfect at it and um, as we do some things, we learn about more and um, we've got a charter and we're working towards delivering on that. And it's just learning what you can do, how you improve it, and then every time we add a little bit, we just um, keep on adding more. And one of the things that I'm particularly proud of, um, we support a charity called Fitted for Work, which is about helping um, severely disadvantaged um, women regain their dignity and to get back into the workforce. So we donate gently worn Taking Shape Garments to um, to this charity to help their clients dress for interviews, for work, placement. So we, we um, we do lots of the little things. And we hope to build on them and we just hope that, um, you know, it'll catch like a wave. Oh, fantastic. Now, you also recently announced a collaborative partnership with Indigenous fashion artist Elverina Johnson to showcase her designs on some of your pieces. Tell us how diversity, quality and inclusion are helping to shape the business. Um, Again, it is about what our customers, our staff and myself, we care about. Mm. And I believe that we want to work with everyone that is different or has got an important place, um, you know, on this earth. And Elverina Johnson came to us through the most wonderful circumstances as a customer. Um, she went into one of our stores, bought a jacket, and um, in through conversation talked about painting it um, for particular awards. We then researched and we walked, worked out what fabulous, fabulous, bright, happy art um, Elverina does. We contacted her, the rest is history, and we've done a collaboration with her and done... Um, I've been desperate to do a collaboration um, like this for many, many, many years, but you get nervous about yes. doing it. You don't want to do the wrong thing. And um, what I loved about Elverina the most, besides her wonderful work, is she 
she's got a twinkle in her eye. And um, and I made her a promise and said, Elverina, if at any time we don't do the right thing or say the right things whenever we're about to do anything, can you please teach us and guide us along the way because we don't propose to know anything. And um, to a twinkle in her eye and she laughed and she said, there's many roads to reconciliation. And she said, and working together is one of them. Oh, that's and beautiful. I thought, what a wonderful partner um, to launch uh, this wonderful collaboration with. So um, we're super excited. I've just seen one of the samples um, come in today and it is just delightful and delicious and it's colourful and it's beautiful and it says everything about Elverina Johnson. Oh, wonderful. Look, look, I'll look out for it. That's that's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, what does the future look like for Taking Shape when you think about um, what we've just discussed? What are the key areas of focus for you at the moment? Um, primarily for me, it's always about um, keeping up with our customers and staying a little ahead of where she is and then delivering something and our customer goes, oh, how to taking shape? No, I wanted that there. Or buy jingos, isn't that easy? Or you know, the path to purchase is really super easy. So um, we're trying to predict where will she be in a year or two mm. and five, so that you know we can do our short, medium, and long term you know processes and goals to deliver that. Um, immediately is challenging. I think it is for everybody's in business, whether you're washing cars, picking lemons, or or anything. But that's about navigating um, COVID. Um, you know, coming out of it, are we going to go back into it? You know, how do we um, balance the recovery? How do we the unknown? Logistics are unknown. Mm. Whilst motivating your team to be creative, forward thinking and, you know, um, ignore the noise today, but think of all the great things that are, are going to come up which either addresses an issue. So for me it's always, mm. you know, a challenge to manage the today and, and balance the future. And, um, you know, ultimately I believe my job is about providing the best place to work in, the best place to shop in, and the best place to um, invest in, and that's by looking at our people, our technology, um, you know, processes, however our fabulous customers want to shop and wherever they are, we're there first and they, whoa, there's taking <laughs> shape. Is that not, you know, fantastic? And, and I think, um, you know, for us, our mantra here at um, the Retail Support Centre is if you're not serving a customer, you're serving someone who is, to make their job as easy as possible to do a great job. And, you know, if you can remember that, I think that helps everyone keep their um, focus on today but focus it on 75% on the future. Oh, that's wonderful. Look, they're, they're amazing insights. And I think, you know, you've been such an amazing um, ARA member for, for many years. Uh, and most people listening wouldn't know that, um, that uh, the ARA is, keeps growing, but 95% of our uh, ARA membership are small business, so small, medium-sized businesses. So we love to see them grow and develop, and see you see a, a company like Taking Shape absolutely explode to 160 stores. So, Ella, thanks so much for joining Thank us you. in the Amex Lounge for some retail therapy. Congratulations on all the work you've done. Thank you for sharing those insights, and thank you for um, uh, good luck with all the the great work you're doing at Taking Shape, and all the best for the future. Thank you, Paul. I just want to say um, thank you in particular to your leadership and stewardship of the ARA, as long as with everyone over the years. But, um, you know, you've really put a different spin on it. And I know for us, when we first started out, we had, you know, eight shops and 10 shops. When you're small, you don't really know where to turn. No. And you, you often, um, people tell you one thing and you don't know whether that's the right advice. So I have to say that the ARA, along with other bodies and um, other individuals, helped us form where we've ended up today. 
but um, you coming along has really exploded it. And I know with Joan Newman and myself, we consider our relationship with yourself and everybody at the RA to be of the highest standard. And, um, you know, we look at your um information first we go right we're on the right track (laughs) well that's what that's what we're here for that's what we're here for you've more than delivered so thank you from all of us for taking that's beautiful and thank you for your kind words thanks ella martin butler runs art on king a family business which has been operating for 42 years in the same location in newtown martin his sister Joni, took over the business from their parents john and pia in 2009 the store, which first started as a second-hand bookstore, now offers an ever-changing, eclectic range of books and art and craft supplies, showcasing the products of many local entrepreneurs alongside essential office and stationery supplies. Martin, thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, Paul. It's great to be here. Your parents founded Art on King as a second-hand bookstore in 1979, and from listening to their customers' needs, they started selling new books, stationery, eventually art supplies. This also saw you accept American Express cards decades ago in response to customer demand. How do you continue to incorporate customer feedback into the business decisions you make today? Well, Paul, um, our parents taught us that um, listening to customers um, was really important and um, they showed us that by um, changing their mix of product that they would sell in response to talking to customers and the feedback they received from them. Um, That's how they went from yeah, just selling secondhand books to then selling new books and then stationery and art supplies and all all sorts of uh, gifts and uh, greeting cards and so it was uh, it was really in demand to, it, it was really in uh, response to sort of listening to what customers wanted and then um, then meeting those needs um, and it, sort of my sister and I took that to heart when we when we uh, renovated our store about ten to twelve years ago and we noticed um, for a long time. A lot of customers would visit one side of the store and then would visit the other side of the store. Uh, they weren't connected then. So uh, so we decided to knock out a huge section of wall, create one centralised counter in between two uh, stores. So it actually gave the customers this experience they were really looking for um, to sort of transition into both sides of the store and buy products in both sides um, altogether. Um, so I think uh, a lot of a lot of it comes from sort of just listening to customers, seeing what they like and... Um, and what they don't like is also important because you want to get rid of that as soon as possible. Um, and, uh, and and just also looking at what's working and then expanding on those uh, products that the customers really enjoy. And I think also making purchasing uh, easy for customers as well. Uh, we've, we've always accepted all types of credit cards, including American Express, uh, and we've never sort of wanted to like our customers with uh, additional charges for using those cards or having a preferred payment method. So uh, it, it's always, uh, you've got to watch the customer's responses as well. So when quite often a customer will ask, oh, is there a surcharge for using my premium card or my American Express card? And whenever you say, no, there isn't, not at all, you, you get a big smile and you get a, a bit of appreciation there. So it's worth taking note of those sort of moments. Martin, thanks so much for joining us in the Amex Lounge. Sounds like an exciting time for you and Art on King. All the best for your future success. Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Amex Lounge for some retail therapy. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. We can be found wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. For more information about the work we do at the Australian Retailers Association, head to our website, retail.org.au. Follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, wherever you love to connect. All the links can be found in the show notes. 
I can't wait to talk retail therapy with Australia's retail leaders and share these conversations with you, the future leaders, business owners and innovators of the industry.